0: listener production Hello and welcome to another episode of Heart huh? Science Explained, a weekly podcast brought to you by Listener and Cosmos. Today you've got me, Jacinta Bola, and we're slicing up the mysterious, delicious, and odorous world of cheese. I love cheese. I love hard cheeses, soft cheeses, blue cheeses, red cheeses. But why is it so stinky? How did cheese even get started as a thing? And most importantly, who is putting their literal foot in it? In this episode, we're taking a whirlwind tour of cheese. But a heads up, this trip is going to include some questions that you didn't know to ask and might not want answered. How did we even get cheese in the first place? Researchers think that we've been eating cheese for a very long time. In 2018, archaeologists discovered pieces of ancient pottery in modern-day Croatia that had cheese-like fatty acid residues on it. The team suggested that this means that these early farmers were eating cheese from at least 7,200 years ago. Just to put that in perspective, that's at least 3,000 years before the first Egyptian dynasty. Unfortunately, scientists don't know what that sort of cheese would have been like, but the evidence suggests that many early cheeses probably were a bit cottage cheesy. According to the International Dairy Foods Association, cheese would have been an accidental discovery. Rennet, a group of enzymes located in sheep or cow stomachs, cause milk to curdle. This starts the process of cheesemaking by creating those nursery rhyme favourites, curds and whey. So, if a cow or sheep stomach was used for milk transportation, bon appétit! You've got a dairy-like substance that's heading in the direction of cheese. So, before we go on, I think it's important that you know something about me. Like 68% of the people on the planet, I'm lactose intolerant. The first humans didn't actually gain the ability to drink milk as adults until around 8,000 years ago, and then the gene had to spread around the world. That means that adults in that town in Croatia 7,200 years ago might have still been unable to drink milk. Even if these ancient farmers were lactose intolerant, the researchers think that the cheese still would have been a good food source for kids. Today's cheese making is actually pretty similar to how we did it back then but with a lot more microbes added to the process. Instead of rennet to curdle the milk, today many producers use chymosin. This is the chief enzyme in rennet, and with some sneaky genetic engineering, rennet genes from animals can be inserted into the genome of yeast. If you get enough of this yeast, and we're talking vats worth here, they'll happily pump out chymosin for all our cheese-making needs, Once the curds are well curdled, it's time to start processing them into different forms to make different cheeses. At this stage, you've got blobs of a white kind of squeaky substance that goes on top of poutine. But to make it into other types of cheese, there's a lot more work involved. Mozzarella is stretched and kneaded to its dough-like texture, while cheddar undergoes something called cheddaring, a process where curds are stacked on top of each other to push out moisture and create a harder, denser cheese for other cheeses the real fun begins it's time to introduce the bugs many different varieties need to go through a process of ripening which is just as stinky as it sounds microbes like fungi and bacteria are added to the base cheese and then get working Brie and camembert get sprayed with a penicillin mould and left from four to five weeks to get their white outside and squishy, soft interior. Blue cheese, on the other hand, is injected with spores from a different type of penicillin, but a type of bacteria called Brevobacterium linens is the stinkiest of them all. This bacterium is used to ferment particularly funky cheeses like Munster— but it's less appetising to find out it's also the bacteria which causes human foot odour. Who do you reckon was the first person to put their stinky feet on cheese to discover it tasted good? Just think about that next time you're having some cheese on crackers. We've talked about industrial cheese making so far, but what about raw cheese? Is it actually better than the normal stuff? Raw cheese is unpasteurized. Pasteurisation, originally designed by the great Louis Pasteur, is a process where milk is heated up to 72 degrees for at least 15 seconds. This kills any potentially problematic bacteria in milk and means it can be stored for longer without people getting sick. However, for raw cheese enthusiasts, this is sacrilege because pasteurising also takes away bacteria that can add that special something to the flavour. Raw cheese isn't made in Australia, but it can be imported from France and the United Kingdom. If you're purchasing unpasteurized cheese here, it'll say on the label that it's raw. It'll also be a lot more expensive. Although it might sound a little scary to be eating unpasteurized cheese, these raw cheeses go through other processes and tests to make sure they don't have bacteria such as salmonella or listeria, which could make you ill. After all, we only want the smelly foot bacteria on our cheeses. And finally, have you ever had a cheese dream? It's a commonly held belief that eating cheese can give you nightmares. And in fact, scientists have put this to the test. A 2005 study, conducted by the uh, British Cheese Board, asked participants to eat 20 grams of cheese half an hour before going to bed every night for a week. When they woke up, they immediately wrote down any dreams. Participants were assigned a type of cheese. Stilton, Cheddar, Red Leicester, British Brie, Lancashire, and Cheshire. None of the 200 volunteers reported having nightmares, but delightfully, 83% of the participants that ate Red Leicester had pleasant dreams. Cheddar, on the other hand, led to dreams about celebrities, while Cheshire led to no dreams more than half of the time. So, this study is fun, but probably worth taking with a grain of salt. And anyway, if people can have a glass of milk before bed, why not cheese? So next time you're spreading out that snack board, take a moment to say thanks to those brave experimenters who came before, testing methods, microbes and molds that we can all just lay them on a cracker and enjoy. Cheers to cheese. We hope that today's cheesy episode will give you plenty of new brilliant material to wow your friends and family with. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back next week for another Huh? Science Explained.